0: grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now, this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we conclude the series called Family Matters with a very special call to action as your circle of influence begins with your family. Together, your mission, should you choose to accept it, can change our world. And it's just one word. Have you heard? The word is love. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you want to do something really nice and bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. Today is part one of the message called The Family Mission. Pastor Sean starts off in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: Well, we've been walking through this series of conversations called Family Matters. And we've looked at the purpose of family. We've talked about how God designed us to be in community, and that first fundamental community he places us in is the family. We looked at how many people, their experience of family wasn't great. But God gave us another gift in what we called our second family. Even Jesus himself had family who didn't believe in him, who weren't sure what to do with him. But he referred to, he said, Hey, wait a minute, you want to know who my brothers, sisters, my mother are? These, and he pointed to other believers. God gave us a second family. We looked at, we talked about marriage and the importance of the foundation of marriage. We looked at parenting, how important it is, how we raise kids and disciple our kids in the context of our families. Well, this morning we want to look at a family on mission. A family on mission, because one of the things we've discovered as we, you know, we're a church that values highly groups. And we get people connected in groups. And what we've observed in groups is you can have a group that loves each other. They have great relationships. They're connected to one another. If they don't have a sense of purpose and mission, they can become very ingrown. They can become sour. There's something in us that needs to reach outside of ourselves. We need a sense of mission. And I think that's true even in the context of family. It is possible as a family to take care of all your responsibilities, take care of all your family, make sure you're doing all the right things, and yet do that out of a sense of almost a carnal just take care of number one. You can be doing some of the right things, but you can very much have a sense, well, we're just taking care of, I'm taking care of me and mine. And miss out on something that God has for us. And so we want to talk about a family with a sense of mission. And to do that, I want to begin with one of the great passages on mission in the New Testament. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians 5. I'm going to pick up at verse 14. The Apostle Paul is writing. It's a second letter to the church at Corinth. And this passage, it's so powerful because of the, the language he uses when he talks about the mission. Listen to how he describes the mission. He first says, for Christ's love compels us. His love compels us. Because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Jesus on the cross paying the penalty for our sins. That's what he's referring to. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. And then this verse that we quote so often, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who, look at the language here, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. I love the way he says that. Reconciliation, you see, we were created for a meaningful, vibrant relationship in Christ. We were created to have a relationship with God that would, where we would find our fulfillment, we'd find our purpose. And sin is the problem, that rebellion, that sin that causes us to walk against what God desires that causes us to miss out on that relationship. And the mission of Christ and the mission of his church is to reconcile. It's as though there's this breaking in a relationship and we get to be ones who come and say, come home. Father's not mad. He made a way for us to be forgiven. Come home. Don't miss out on what father has. It's as though we get to go find the prodigal son and tell him, father loves you. He's looking for you. Come home. He's made a way for you to be forgiven. And that way is Jesus Christ. And look what he says from there. He says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Listen to the passion of his words and the passion of this message. We implore you. There's such an urgency. But did you notice the first phrase of that passage? Remember what he said? For Christ's love compels us. Christ's love compels us this mission of ours has to begin it has to be carried out in an end in the context of love it is everything it is the core it is the root i want us to stop and consider that everything we do should begin and should come from this place of love christ's love compels us see the core of our mission as the church and i want to suggest you the core of our mission as families should be love, should be love. Look how Paul talked about it, 1 Corinthians 13, very familiar passage, but we just want to read these first few verses. Look what he says, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, <clears throat> doesn't matter how beautiful the words, doesn't matter how gifted, if I have, have spiritual language, if I don't have love, I'm just making noise. He goes on, if I have the gift of prophecy, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. Doesn't matter how much you know, doesn't matter your incredible faith, doesn't matter the great deeds. Look, Look at how he says it as he wraps this part up. He says, if I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Doesn't matter what I do, doesn't matter what I sacrifice, If I don't have love, it's nothing. That's what he's saying to us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to hear your word. I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that this word would work deep into our spirits and that we would understand how you are love, how you created us for love, and how you've called us to live in love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Paul's saying, I don't care what kind of gifts you have. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how gifted. I don't care how beautiful your words are, how urgent your words. I don't care what sacrifices you make, how much you give, how much you suffer. Even causes like social justice. And we as followers of Jesus Christ should long for social justice. But one of the great ironies of our current culture is so many people who advocate social justice are doing so in not only anger, but in downright hatred towards people who disagree with them. And as followers of Jesus Christ, that is broken. We should have zero part in that. Because it doesn't matter how much I advocate for justice, which is a good thing. It doesn't matter how much I, I fight for justice, which is a good thing. If I do it without love, Paul says, I'm just making noise. I'm missing the whole point. God's whole heart of justice is rooted in love. And if we're advocating for justice without understanding his love, we're missing the whole point of the justice in the first place. See, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The family mission is the mission of love. The family mission is the mission of love, and that is absolutely true of us as the church, but I, I want to, I, we're talking about family matters. We're talking about your home, your family, your kids, your parents, your relatives. We're talking about families. The family mission is the mission of love. The most important thing. The place where we should begin is love. Every piece of it. Our homes should be outposts of love. Our demeanor should communicate love. You want to ha- start seeing your world be turned upside down for Christ? Let love be your first calling card. Let love be the first experience people have. I mean, really, when we stop and think about, wait a minute, isn't it more complex? Don't, you know, I love how Jerry pointed out how you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a theologian to do this. Yeah, but don't I need to know some things? Knowledge is great. Paul didn't say knowledge is bad. He just said, I don't care how much knowledge you have. If you don't have love, it doesn't matter. It's for nothing. You don't have to be a theologian to love. The beauty is we are filled with the Spirit of God. Scripture says of him, he is love. And in him, we have the ultimate source of love resident in us, the question becomes, why do we keep that bottled up and let other things take precedent? The, the family mission is the mission of love.
0: Now we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church. In this final message called The Family Mission, it's in the series Family Matters which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've enjoyed this teaching on the family, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help other families like yours. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And another way to bless the ministry and yourself is to pick up the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: I heard an awesome story this week that I wanted to share with you. It was by Mark McLemore. He shared it with our staff prayer time on Friday. Mark, would you come and join us? Where's Mark? Come on out. Give a hand to Pastor Mark McLemore. It's one of those things where you're sitting there and, you know, we on Fridays we get together and we pray together. Um, and Mark shared something that I was just like, oh, man, you just made my job so much easier this weekend, Mark. Thank you. You went to a funeral, and you, it was one that you, know, you went to grieve someone and to, to support a family that you cared about. But you came away deeply impacted, and I saw that in what you shared on Friday. Tell us about that funeral.
1: Well, this is a funeral for a, a friend of ours, a lady named Katie Gorham. Uh, she was 97 year, years old when she passed. And uh, she was the mother of one of my roommates at Baylor. And uh, for Karen and I during that time, as students she became like a surrogate mom to us and and kind of a home away from home but not only for us and for all of our friends but literally over the decades i guess over five decades for hundreds and hundreds of baylor students and so this this funeral was very impactful it was almost two hours long because so many people wanted to share and you would think a 97 year old Wouldn't have very many people attending her funeral because she outlived all of her contemporaries, right? right? right. But there were 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40, 50, 60, 70, all the way up to 90-year-olds there. They had flown in anywhere from uh, as far away as Alaska and Connecticut. And uh, just to celebrate her life uh, because she had such an impact on, on on their lives. Wow. So,
2: And you said the crowd was a pretty mixed crowd because, like, you, have, you didn't graduate recently from Baylor. This yeah, was a it's while been, ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this so has been, <laughs> it's been, been a little bit. Been
1: decades and decades, i said. So, so it
2: wasn't just you. You happened to have a, a kind of a straight line to her and her family right. because of your roommate. Right. She, and my, and had, that
1: roommate married my, my sister, so there's a little more connection Okay, there. so you have yeah, family yeah, ties Yeah, there. yeah,
2: yeah. But she had, like you said, there were lots of 20-year-olds. So she yes. was still up to... Age. She's impacting. She's
1: impacting students. Yeah, and even one of the Baylor fraternities made her an an honorary member you know just because they they would come out there and hang out with her and do service projects and, and just you know she was a part of them you know
2: what was so special about her what i mean you spent time with her you got to observe this firsthand what was so special about her and just how she impacted people well
1: let me just tell some of the things that happened at the funeral you know uh, her four children got up and shared different aspects of her life and one talked about her faith her faith in Christ one talked about and she by the way she was at this church She's a member of this church for 75 years. Just think wow. about that. It's hard to, hard to imagine. 75 years faithfully serving at one church. So her, uh, they talked about her faith. They talked about her family. Another talked about her friends. And then another talked about the fact she loved to have fun mm-hmm. when, with people. Right. And her grandkids... Uh, got up. There's 10 grandkids, and most all of them shared. And the first one got up and said, "You know, well, I was her favorite." You know, the second one got up and, "Well, actually, I was her favorite." The third <laughs> one got up and said, "Well, despite what you've heard, I was her favorite." You know, there was several pastors there, and the pastor got up, that preached, and said, "Well, I was her favorite pastor." You know, <laughs> and so she had this way, this unique thing about when you were in front of her, you were the most important person to her. Uh, she just had this way of making you feel unique and special. You were uh, the favorite. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and she, she did that for everybody. Uh, Karen pointed out to me uh, that, you know, she was not only her family's biggest cheerleader, but she was your biggest cheerleader. When you were, you know, when you were in front of her, she was just your cheerleader. She, wow. was a, she had a real great gift of encouragement.
2: She had the embodiment kind of of love. Yes. Now, yes. you said she started a, a Bible study, kind of an interracial Bible study that you know, okay. before any of that was popular,
1: right? Right. I mean, you know, you're in the South. This is before the time of desegregation. She started an interracial Bible study in her her community because she just had a real heart for for you know rejected or the downcast and uh, and so and you know uh, part of that those students she ministered to she would take in the international students and you know someone would live with her but she would she would be their mom away from home and uh, you know one of the international students uh, flew in from the northeast to. Be with her at her death at her deathbed.
2: Wow, yeah, wow. Now you talked specifically. You said her home impacted people who came there, students particularly. But you heard, there was something about her home and the way she lived.
1: Well, I mean, she lived out on a farm, and so it was a, it was a cool place to be. She had she had a great gift of hospitality. She was a great cook, so there was always sugar cookies there. You could always count on that. And uh, she just uh, just had this, at- it was just an atmosphere that you just wanted to be there, you know. So Karen and I would go, you know, we'd go back to, to Baylor to visit friends and to, you know, see ball games and things. But the highlight of our trip was if we could go out to the farm and see Katie just right. because you just, you just received so much from her.
2: Well, you said for some students who maybe hadn't had a home life, you know, some kids had a great home life, but some right. didn't. This was a, a vision piece.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for, for a lot of students that maybe didn't have a great home growing up, this, they got to experience the home really they always wanted when they went out to Katie's house.
2: If, if you were going to kind of summarize, say, something significant that you learned from her, you, you were impacted. That's why, that's why I wanted to have right. everybody get to hear you talk about it. You were impacted by that funeral and impacted by her. What's one or two things you learned from her?
1: You know, I think, you know, when, you're, when you see people, you get, it's pretty easy to see their flaws. Uh, But I think she had a real, uh, because of her connection to Christ, she had a real uh, sense of seeing past people's flaws and just seeing them and loving them right where they were. So just the power of acceptance, Mm -hmm. the power of of loving, you know, it sounds kind of cliche, but really acceptance and love. um, Just she she really exemplified that, you know, people were drawn to Jesus, uh, you know, in in, in an amazing way. And I think ultimately they were drawn to his love. Yeah. And and I think the Jesus in her drew people to, to her.
2: Now, would she have ever told you the truth about something? Like, hey, Mark, you're kind of off base here? Or
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, we, d- we didn't always agree. We had different opinions on lots of different things. Uh, but, you know, I always felt like um, she she valued me more than her opinion. You know, so even when we disagreed, you know, she would always value the person more than her opinion.
2: Wow. So. well, Mark, that sounds awesome. Lord, I pray that you would help us to love the way... Katie did. I thank you for the way she impacted Mark and generations of students at Baylor. I pray that you give us a glimpse of what's possible for any of us. I mean, she didn't have some professional work that she was doing that was impacting these students, it was just loving people. Help us to see and ca- catch a vision of the possibilities if we will dedicate ourselves to loving people. And I love that phrase, Lord, more than our opinions, more than our preferences, more than our agendas. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for her example. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark pointed out, you know, she wasn't one of the professors. She wasn't a doctor or a lawyer. She didn't have this profession through which she influenced people. She just opened her home and loved people. And I thought, man, what an illustration. The family mission is the mission of love. You want to change people's lives for Jesus. Let's learn how to love like that. Let's learn how to love the way she did, the way Jesus did. And the way so many others have. A couple things I want to point out. First, you can't share love you haven't received. You can't share love you haven't received. Mark shared with me how one of Katie's things is, man, her quiet time with the Lord was a non-negotiable. Her time in the word and prayer. Because she had a passionate relationship with Jesus. See, when you do that, you are tapping into a different source of love, aren't you? You're connecting with something that is bigger. You're drawing from another source of love. Have you ever had someone in your life who you just thought, "Man, I know I should love them, but I want to punch them instead"? Katie would never think that, but I'm—I'm being real with you, okay? Maybe you have. I I want—I know I should love them, but I'm really mad or I'm really annoyed or I'm really—you see? There are times I think when we just don't have what it takes to love anymore because we're limited. But do you understand by the Spirit of God in us, when we are followers of Jesus Christ, we have the ultimate fountain, the source of unlimited love resident in us. Now, if I'm going to try to love in my own strength, in my own imperfect way, I'm always going to end up bumping into some limits. But when I commit myself, say, Lord, I want to be surrendered to your love. I want to be filled with your love. Then... All of a sudden, I tap into a love that doesn't have limits. I now tap into something bigger, something more significant. You have to know, this lady had been doing this for a lot of years, and she did it as a very old lady, and she had to get tired. She had to just have at times when she, I don't feel like loving someone. I don't feel like opening my home. Oh, God, my son's coming over with that Macklemore kid again. Oh, God, here we go. She was a person, okay? She wasn't perfect. But what she did is she didn't rest in her own strength. She found a different source. That's her secret. I never got a chance to meet her. I, but from what Mark said, she would stand here and tell you And I can tell you, the secret is to tap into his love. You can't share a love you haven't received. The secret to being that kind of person is being filled with Jesus. And I just want to say, families, that's our first job. That's our first job. You know the saying, you had one job. You had one job. Honestly, I think the Lord's going to look at us as parents and say, you had one job. Let those kids fall in love with me. Help them become followers of Jesus Christ. Teach them about discipleship. Teach them what it means to follow me. Teach them how to grow in me, how to truly be a follower of Jesus Teach them prayer. Teach them that they, don't, they aren't alone. They don't have to face everything alone. That they can, at any time of day or night, they can call out to the creator of the universe and I will listen and I will respond. Teach them the, the incredible gift of my word. Just the, the beautiful wisdom, the incredible description of his love and his grace, his truth poured out. Teach them to love my word and teach them the gift of community of walking in a community of faith where we love each other, and we're not perfect, but we help each other follow Jesus. Teach them those things, and they'll do just fine. They'll do just fine. The one job, make sure everyone in our home knows, receives, and is filled with the love of Jesus. Now, I want to take a moment. You may be here and go, hey, I've been around, or maybe I... A guest or whatever. I don't know. But you may have never received the love of Jesus. You may have never received him as Lord and Savior. I want to say that we shouldn't let this moment go by without you having an opportunity to do that. The message is very simple. We were created for a love relationship with God and it is our sin that has gotten in the way. Sin is that rebellion that says I'm going to do it my way. And every one of us has it. Scripture says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And some people sit and go, yeah, but my sin's too great. God could never deal with me. God doesn't want to have anything to do with me. I just want to say to you, he loves you so much. He sent Jesus Christ to die and give his life for you. He wants a relationship with you. The, The Bible also says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know why, Jesus? He actually paid the death penalty. That's what the cross is about. That's why we have a cross on this platform. That's why I'm wearing a cross around my neck. Many of us have crosses as jewelry. It's not just because we think it's a cool symbol. It's because that cross represents where my death penalty, my just and right death penalty was paid. And where I can find redemption and forgiveness. And because of his death on the cross, my sin can be forgiven. And that's where the good stuff really kicks in. Because my sin can be forgiven, I can be filled with the Spirit of God and enjoy the fellowship and relationship with him that I was created for. That's the plan of salvation. That's what we call the gospel. And if you're here and you've never done that, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. And if you will pray that along with me, and mean this in your heart, you can become a follower of Jesus. It's very simple. So if you're here and maybe you've never done that, I invite you to pray with me right now. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your amazing love. You showed love like no other. In fact, you even said, greater love is known than this, and they lay down their life for their friends. Well, that's what you did. Lord, I'm a sinner. And without you, I am lost. I ask that you'd forgive my sins, Lord. Please forgive me. I thank you for your death on the cross and your gift of paying my death penalty. Lord, I receive that gift and I receive you as my Savior, Lord. I invite you into my life and I surrender my life, my leadership of my life to you. I recognize, Lord, being filled with your spirit. Not only do you forgive the sins of my past, but you come in and you lead me in a different kind of future. You lead me to the life that I was created for. And I trust you in that. I entrust not only my past and my sin into your hands, I trust my future. Eternity, but also tomorrow at work and my life in the neighborhood, my family and all the things that I interact with. I trust you and I surrender my life into your hands. I thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series Family Matters, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is two 210- ten. as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.